This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director, and I'll be hosting this episode. Later on, cookie writer Adam and digital assistant Amanda discuss how to improve your Sunday roast, including some top tips for crunchy roasties and sky-high Yorkshire puds. But first, I went to visit Pie Guru Chef Callum of Holborn Dining Rooms to talk about his new pie room, a shrine dedicated to the art of perfect pastry. Okay, so welcome back to the Olive Magazine podcast, Chef Callum. Hello. <laughs> um, it's been a year since um, you were on last, so I thought, oh, well, apart from the uh, Scotch Egg Challenge, but yeah, since you are on talking about pies, so I thought I'd catch up and find out um, what you've been up to, because I know there's some exciting things afoot. Um, but first of all, for people that didn't hear the original podcast, um, could you just give us a quick kind of recap about how you became like famous for your pies basically how how, how that journey began <laughs> yeah so um we have like a, a large british brasserie here yeah. um sorry we are in holborn yeah. dining rooms which is your restaurant yes which yeah. is in the rosewood hotel in holborn in london that's right yep. Very good. <laughs> that's what i remember <laughs> essential information there yeah so we started doing pies at the restaurant Pretty much from when we opened, and I realized um, that there was an interest for it. There was always a big demand for it. It suits the sort of uh, guests that we have at the restaurant. So I started to try and develop that a little bit further. And then we started to go into much more classical, sort of old school techniques yeah. as well. So we worked on uh, pate on croutes. Um, the beef Wellington here is like yeah. super popular that we do on a Wednesday night. Yeah, it's, um, it's actually Wednesday when we're recording, and I just walked in and saw these four gigantic beef Wellingtons because yeah, it's well huge, Wednesdays, right? isn't it? It's quite famous on yeah. Instagram. I, so, yeah, I like I enjoy making them. Yeah. I make all the other chefs sort of scarper when I'm doing it. So I want to <laughs> do that job. I love it. Um, I love the, the design, how it ends up looking. Yeah. Um, they're and quite simple, aren't they? But they've got like a really lovely lattice on yeah. top. Yeah. It always reminds me of the um, the ceiling in St Pancras Station. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that lovely sort of, like... Yeah. Every time I look at that, work. I look yeah. at the Wellington. Uh, <laughs> it's a shrine to the Wellington. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they look to the... No, no. I'd love to say that. But That'd I think be amazing. you became famous on Instagram initially because of your, mm. is it Paton Crout, did you say, work? Which is quite an intricate pastry yeah. using the moulds, isn't it? The old-fashioned pastry moulds. Yeah, so we were um, looking for a new sort of savoury pastry project and I found these old-fashioned moulds, these antique moulds yeah. down in the like, basement of the hotel. Now, the hotel's 100 years old, so... Um, yeah, I found this this mold. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know what it was for at first, <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, this must be for something cool because they're kind of intricate, yeah, and uh, like really uh, 
it's an interesting design on that mould. Yeah. It's lots of latches and keys and... Oh, right. Uh, so I found out what it was. Yeah. And then I realised that no one in our kitchen knew how to do it and I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. So that was something we needed to work out and kind of master. It's nice that it came from the history of the building as well because like you mm. said it's really beautiful. I just had a little tour of it and it's it's over 100 years old and it used to be a, an insurance company or yeah, something. Yeah, it was Pearl Assurance yeah. originally. Um, which is amazing, yeah. right? That this was their headquarters. It's ridiculous because it's so OTT. Every inch is covered in plaster and marble, beautiful marble floors, and yeah. just seen this amazing grand staircase and this kind of a dome at the top of the staircase. So it's so opulent. You just wouldn't expect an insurance company to be yeah. in this kind but of I love room. it. And actually, this room used to be the Clark's Typing Hall. Did it? Yeah, and we've got a photo somewhere of. Uh, it's huge, this restaurant. But the, all the guys kind of sat in rows on wow. typewriters doing the accounts. Yeah. I love that. I love, and the room's not changed that much no. since then. We, I mean, we put tables and chairs in, but the marble's original, the ceiling's yeah. original. And it's kind of kept that beautiful, because like you said, it's, it's like brasserie style, so you can imagine... You know, you walk in and you could be in Paris at one of the like grand brasseries over there. Cause it's yeah, but you're in Holborn. We're in Holborn, yeah. which is amazing with pie. <laughs> so back to the pie. So you, yes. So basically, the the pastry that you need for those molds is is a particular kind of pastry, isn't it? It's not mm. just like your basic short crust. Yeah, it's a little bit different. So um, it's something a lot of chefs ask me about actually yeah. about their pastry to make a pate en croute because you need to be able to have the time to work with it to be able to sort of do the crimping on it which yeah. is quite intricate um, without it getting too soft and no. uh, and in the end we found a recipe in a book called Charcuterie yeah. by Michael Rollman who's an American author and he has a recipe in that which is quite unusual pastry yeah. um, but is amazing for pâté en crew and actually if you look in that book it is uh, the pâté en crew pastry recipe yeah. that's the one pretty much we use so. what's it what's the, the what's it made of what so, are the ingredients uh, egg milk yep. butter flour uh, evaporated milk powder wow uh, what else uh, there's a few other ingredients I can't think of them at the moment uh, but the <laughs> the evaporated milk powder was a really interesting thing for me yeah. it makes sense I mean if you make uh, milk bread you add that to yeah, it yeah it kind of makes it soft and cakey like yeah, doesn't it yeah but it also gives you um, a chance for the pastry to colour uh better it, it's in a, a really shorter deep, period of time yeah. you get because, really deep colour on the paste you don't use yeah, like yeah. deep deep golden brown and it's because the milk powder caramelises yeah. when it's cooking Amazing. and I love that I love that uh, little trick um, because it's something quite hard to do to get the sides of the pâté really like a dark burnish colour on it yeah um, they'll be cooked but they just they always look slightly different to the top to the top yeah uh, but that recipe kind of helps you do that and what, once you've made the pastry up, is it is it a pastry that you can work work a lot, or do you have to kind of leave it alone? Like, a... I mean, look, we 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 were talking about this earlier. It, it, especially in the summer in kitchens, it gets hot, right? It's difficult to work with pastry, um, especially when it's got a lot of butter in it. But we found yeah. a trick here, yeah, which is very good, and it makes your life a lot easier, <laughs> especially in those hot summer months. And yeah. that's. We put our chopping board in the freezer. Oh. 
Okay. Right, so the board that you're going to roll your pastry on, yeah, if you can, it. either put it in the fridge or put yeah. it in the freezer before you use it. And then when you're rolling your pastry, yeah. it's much more stable because it's on that really cold surface. Yeah. And we do that all the time here. It just makes things a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but that pastry... As you work with it more and more, it does. It becomes quite mm. uh, malleable and workable. Yeah. And we can we do lots of sort of fancy. Yeah. It, and what with I it. think what's really interesting about it, and if you go on Chef Cullum's Instagram, which is at Chef Cullum, um, is it Chef underscore Cullum? No, it's just Chef Cullum. Chef One Cullum. Um, you'll see that it's the the intricacy of the pastry work and it remains it doesn't like lose its kind of mm. form or anything it actually stays quite sharp doesn't it which I yeah, think yeah, is, yeah. Is, is a characteristic of that pastry yeah and that's resting as well yeah it's like making sure that if you if you spend all that time yeah don't rush do, it don't, don't rush it when you cook it because you'll lose it all right yeah, yeah yeah and um we we egg wash a couple of times yeah. as well if we've spent a lot of time doing something pure egg yolk and like yeah. leave it in the fridge let it dry like you're painting your house at home yeah and then do another coat really two coats is enough yeah and then you get that beautiful even finish when but you pati- cook it patience is key it is it's tough between. it's really I'm tough I'm like the most it? impatient guy ever so and, yeah and we spend all I mean we spend a lot of time writing recipes on in all of people that want to cook like you know in under 30 minutes and it's fine it's like so this is like your weekend project, basically, yeah. doing something like that. And you've, um, so, so like I was looking at your Instagram today, you've got 69,000 followers, um, which is amazing. So yeah, since, it's a bit weird. since like it all took off, have you, you said people have been getting in touch. Have you had people like reaching out to you to ask for advice to kind yeah, of... Yeah, every day, you be, which you is become, lovely. You've like the pie guru. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'll like, take that. The last time we spoke, one thing that I thought was really interesting and a bit sad is that when you started out on your, like, journey, you kind of reached out to loads of French chefs and tried to get advice mm. and you just got, like, blank. You just didn't get... You got one guy, I think, from Canada eventually. Yeah, a guy in Montreal. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, it's nice that you can become the, the person that people can come to you and you will help. You'll help them. Yeah, I don't, it it still annoys me when people yeah. are so secretive about these th- skills and techniques because it will die out. Yeah, you know. I and mean, are you Colonel Sanders? Why are you hiding <laughs> these recipes? And it is a technique. Like, it's not like yeah. It's not like you've got some secret yeah, like secret sauce or like secret chicken coating. This exactly. is a, this is a recipe that anyone can use and work with. It's just how to make it better, basically. Yeah, and and if you pass on that technique to somebody else, you pass it on to another restaurant that's down the road from you. Yeah. All that happens is is that they start to do it. They'll do yeah. a good one. They'll do it and differently. Then, and then you have to do it better. Yeah. <laughs> so you're making yourself better yeah. by giving them the recipe. So you're making that's yourself the, the like, so. Premier League of, of like pastry No, I, think, I don't think there's anything wrong with creating <laughs> no. competition. And, no, it's great. Um, yeah, pushing yourself a yeah. bit. We had... Um, we had some guys here from a, like one of the world's 50 best restaurants. Really? And my sous chef was teaching one of the guys, Noxie. You might have seen her on Instagram. She's amazing. She's <laughs> oh, actually yeah. better than me. At, Is she the one that does all the cakes as well? Uh, that no, that's... Because uh, you've got one person. another chef. We've got, we got, we got loads got of talented, talented chefs, chefs here. Yeah, I have yeah. the sausage whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have them all in our team. Uh, we just, we like to identify talents in yeah. our chefs. And um, Knox, who run, she's going to run the pie room, yeah. which we just we'll talk about a bit in a bit, I guess. Um, 
she's brilliant at things like pate on crew yeah. and, and these like fine, fine detail work. And I'll give her a job and then she'll be better at it, me, better yeah. than me the next day. You That's know? what you I want love though, it. isn't it? Yeah, Train yeah, someone yeah. and make them better than you and then it makes your job a lot yeah. easier. And Mark Drummond, the sausage whisperer, <laughs> is amazing. I've amazing. Got, I, I need to come in and have the sausage monster <laughs> class at some point from Mark. Um, but yeah, so, so like what, in between last year and and this year, apart mm. from the pie room, what's been happening in the dining room? Anything new or...? Yeah, I mean, so we, we did that sort of little shift towards savoury pastry, right? Yeah. So we put on a pie menu. Right. Which was a new, a new thing for us and a big thing for us. And um, we just concentrate on four pies. Yeah. So four different pastries, four different fillings and change it seasonally through the year. Yeah. I don't want to put on 20 pies no. because it's, they're not going to be of a quality that we could do if we but did But you four. cover it, don't you? Because you've got um, the one that we had last week, which was uh, chicken, tarragon, cream, Girolles. sort of Girolles yeah. inside, and that's... Um, is that like short crusty pastry? Yeah. yeah. And then you've got your steak and kidney pudding, which is the mm-hmm. classic. I mean, that is... God, I love that pie. Yeah. And then the... Um, You've got the, um, is it mutton? We have, yeah, curried mutton Cur- pie oh and puff God, pastry. That is such a good one. And what's pie number four? Sorry? What's pie number four? Oh, we have a hot pork pie. Oh, the hot pork right? pie, right. Yeah. yeah, which, like, I I love it. Don't it's go the... and melt the Mowbray. <laughs> no, I know. It's going to upset some people out, isn't it? Um, I was there the like... other week and they've got rules. Oh, yeah, I, they have I rules love, I love about... Them. No, I love them. I love them. It's like, you've got to... Uh, you know, I, I like that thing of like, you've just decided that this is what you do and you're going to have yeah. it. It's, it's I, cool, but yeah. We're not, yeah. If it doesn't follow people's sort of perceptions or rules of exactly but how rules, an old British pie should be. be. Yeah, it's but to we're be there, broken. we're trying to just do good pies, right? So is your hot pork pie got a hot watercress pastry as well? Yeah. Wow. Um, so we kind of looked at the pork pie and said, what can we do to try and make this better in a restaurant yeah. setting? Right, so instead of turning it into a foam, yeah. we uh, <laughs> we just looked at like why um, if you buy a pork pie in a supermarket, yeah. is it quite often the meat is grey, yeah. pastry is slightly undercooked, and the jelly is fairly sort of bland. Yeah. So we tried to sort those things out for our restaurant. So we made the pastry thinner. We worked on the recipe for it. So because it's thinner, the meat has. Uh, it's going to have less time cooking, mm, right? Okay. So the meat's going to be cooked nice, so it's not going to be grey. Um, and the jelly, we made a roasted stock out of the pork bones wow. instead of having a sort of normal chicken stock, yeah. which is... I don't like it. I, that, I'll be honest, yeah. I don't like it. Um, so this is more ends up more like being a sauce for the pie, like a gravy. Yeah. Um, and it's contained within the pie as yeah. well. Yeah. And um, the pastry itself, we do a hot water pastry. Yeah. But instead of using normal lards, yeah. we worked quite hard with a guy who makes charcuterie to just get leaf lard, which is the fat around the uh, kidneys yeah. on the pig. That's the really tasty and it's quite clean as well. It's very isn't it? clean, yeah. yeah. It's a very clean white fat, which yeah. is, it gives you an incredible flaky pastry. Wow. Um, so he. Uh, rather heroically just collects that for us, <laughs> renders it down, on top of all the other amazing charcuterie that he makes. Wow. Um, that's Ben at the Salt Pig Company. Yeah. I love, yeah, great guy. Um, and 
And then the flour that we use for the pork pie is a completely untreated, unbleached, natural mm. flour made of heritage grains. And um, when you make the raw dough, it looks like gingerbread dough. Oh, wow. It's, it's really dark, dark yeah. but it's a plain white flour, but it just hasn't been bleached. And it has all that nutrients still in it. It's tastier. Um, and so I love working taken, with you've it. You've taken every element of a classic pork pie and just kind of raised it a little bit. I mean, it not yeah, like... Yeah, we just haven't changed your, it. No, you haven't changed it. But it's just the... looking at ways of, in our opinion, of making mm. it slightly better. I, I think um, when I was in Melton Mowbray, they, they, one thing they did say was, um, obviously outside of Melton Mowbray, the rules are off. You can do whatever you want. But um, I think the further north you go, the more likely you are to have a hot pork pie served to you. Right. So it's kind of a northern thing as well. So something to think about so like let's talk about um the thing that's happening right now today which is the pie room which we've just been in yeah it's it's incredible um thank you and it's taken you a while to get that together hasn't it yeah Um, what was the idea behind that is it well it's what i like about the pie room right it was something that was born out of necessity so we got to a point in the main kitchen where i said to the chefs look the restaurant's getting busier and busier every week. Yeah. We're either going to have to sort of taper off what we're doing, sort of like that's the level of what we can do here and we can't keep pushing it any further no. or we find more space. Yeah. So we were kind of looking around the building. This is a huge hotel. And um, there was a room we were using for, for something else and it was just the right size yeah. and it was perfect. So I said, right, well, let's build a pie room. Right? So we had to <laughs> Who com- did you have to get that past budget-wise? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you have to convince yeah. um, the owners of a, a five-star ultra-lux hotel yeah. that you're going to build a pie room <laughs> in their property. If anyone could do it, you could do yeah. it. Yeah, so they still haven't, I still haven't told them. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you just done it secretly. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, they were, they've been amazing and very supportive and... Um, they saw what we were doing here and understood it. Yeah. And it is a sense of place in the hotel. It's, we're in London. We have the largest gin bar in yeah. London and we now have a pie room. Yeah. And I think, it's really... Unique. It's unique, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, yeah. If I was coming and, you know, if I, I was visiting London, yeah. this would be a restaurant that I'd want to go to. It's yeah. kind of the local food and... Yeah. And just to set the scene, the pie room is kind of to the um, the right of the brasserie as you're looking out onto High Holborn, and it's flo- floor-to-ceiling windows at the front, mm. so people can look in and watch you create your pies. Yeah, and, uh, you know, very soon you'll be able to also buy pies through the windows. Yeah. <laughs> so we have hatch... I've designed the doors so that there's hatched windows. Amazing. Uh, those hatches are called the pie holes. <laughs> We're going to get the lettering up to that. Oh I'm very God, excited about that. Um, and you'll be able to buy pies, hot pies, cold pies, things like sausage rolls, scotch yeah. eggs, through those windows and talk to the chefs, Yeah, which was really important for me. Yeah. We had to talk to the team about what they're doing, you know, why they're doing what they're doing with the pastry Will they're that making. Be really annoying though? Or, no, no, these guys... <laughs> They love it because they, they're proud of what they yeah. do and they want to talk to people about it. And so if we just set the scene, what it is, is like it's a, it's a, it's a huge room and in the centre of the room is a massive marble slab. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the whole room is kept fairly chilled, isn't it? Mm. So the chefs have to be hardy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit nippy. Exactly, yeah, because yeah. we want it to be that sort yeah. of temperature. It's perfect for pastry. But, um, and it's... 
it has taken a long time. It's yeah. taken us more than a year to build that. Yeah. But I've, it's, I've been very sort of controlling <laughs> over it. And it's, I had a vision of how I wanted it to look. Yeah. And it looks like that. Yeah. And that makes me happy that we took the time to yeah. do it properly. And, um, but the, what's, yeah. what's really lovely about it as well is, you know, coming to see it this morning in the daylight people are walking past people are looking through the windows and they can see what you're doing and it's educational like you know once the windows are open in the summer they can chat to the chefs but at the minute they can just stand and kind of goldfish look yeah. in and see and, and just watch what you're doing and that's it's just really nice i mean i don't think i've ever seen that with pastry before yeah well i think it's you know if you walk past something like that where it's like an open kitchen i think yeah it's interesting if you're watching stuff that you want to do but you don't know how to do yeah. it right it's slightly less interesting when you walk past someone's front window and they're sat there watching telly yeah you don't want to watch that no. but i think if you see someone doing something and you're like like i love it you go to chinatown and you can see guys doing yeah exactly stuff in there making and, the dumplings yeah and things like, like i that. find yeah. that interesting yeah. well you go to bread ahead yeah. barrow market and you watch them doing the bread there right yeah so we wanted to do that and give a platform to that stuff that's normally tucked away. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a nice little window in, literally, into Holborn Dining Room. And do you think you might do, like, cookery classes or anything, yeah. eventually? Yeah, so in the summer, yeah. we'll be doing master classes. Uh, and you'll get to work with, most likely, it'll be myself, but also with Knox, who's yeah. brilliant. She's such a good teacher as Amazing. well. Um, we will do very targeted classes, so it'll be beef wellington for one class, yeah. pork pies for another class. We did it in the summer last year, and it was really successful. Great. And ultimately, yeah, that'll be something that people can book up for, I guess. Like yeah. Just... We also, it's got lots of uses, the yeah. pie <laughs> we, um, we It works out as a dining room in the evening as oh, well. Okay, so you yeah. can book it for up to 10 people in yeah. the evening. And the big marble bench you have in the middle, mm. we have 10 seats that sit around oh, that. And honestly, cool. it's beautiful. It is because it's got, you've, and... got, um, you've got shelving going all the way up and you've got your gorgeous copper um, mm. pastry, pâton croûte, like... Yeah, it's very molded, Victorian, yeah. sort of room. And I yeah. don't think there's anything like it in London. No, I don't right? It's quite unique. Yeah. Um, and you... It's, it's very warm and sort of cosy in there, yeah. but you still know that you're in a kitchen, yeah. which is really... Cool. Yeah, like a working kitchen. Yeah. That's brilliant. Well, I'm not there, kind of throwing flour yeah. around. But, um, <laughs> I know I came this morning and you were in there kind of, yeah. yeah. But it's be- honestly, it's beautiful when yeah. it's set up as a dining room. You can see on our website, yeah. on the, the cool. Holman Dining Room website. No, well, thank you so much for talking us through it this morning, Callum. And if anybody wants to come down, it's in the Rosewood Hotel on High Holborn. You can come in, you can peer through the window yeah, yeah. at any point. Tap the on the window, don't. scare me. Win- say <laughs> hi to Callum. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Callum. Thank you. I'm here with uh, Mandy to talk all things roast because in the new issue of the magazine we have a, a little uh, Sunday best like roast we feature, um, which is me and Janine sort of wrote some recipes. Yeah. Uh, there's a lamb shoulder with garlic potatoes and red currant glaze. Um, <laughs> We've also got a roast chicken. Yeah. Fennel and rosemary garlic butter, which is extremely delicious. It was delicious, succulent. wasn't it? We we're, not even, te- we're not even we're not even just saying. No, that. had it at the test kitchen. A roast field day. Yes, I mean it was it was. Amazing. 
we had three roasts in a we single did. day. Um, and then I wrote one for a Cuban mojo. I think I'm pronouncing that <laughs> I right. I would have said mojo. Or, or mojo. Sure. Mojo. Uh, roast. <laughs> leg of pork with rice and beans, which is a little bit of an interesting, like, sort of twist. Yeah. Um, but basically, we want to talk to you about how to make your, because obviously it's Easter coming up, how to make your... Easter Sunday roast, because that's traditionally what everyone has, yes. absolutely banging. Yeah. So you're going to tell us everything about roasties, Mandy, aren't you? I am, yeah, because they are one of the key, the important parts of your roast. And I absolutely think vital. It is. I know it's my favourite, and I'm sure I'm right in saying it's a lot of people's favourite. Yeah, yeah, as in there's fights over the crispiest yeah. ones. Yeah, I mean, if my... you don't get those right... They might not come for Easter next year. So. Yeah, true. And, and no, one no, no, no one wants a no. no-show at Easter. So, firstly, um, how to make the best roast potato. So, um, we've got a really nice guide online um, with lots of recipes inclu- uh, as well, but including a nice how-to guide, just how to make sure you know how to get it perfect. Yeah, it's kind of like a step-by-step, isn't it? So, yeah. obviously, the first place to start is in shops. It is. So, when you're buying your, buying your spuds. So we'd probably say uh, a nice King Edward or Maris Piper. Yeah, and I, I assume the reason for that is because they're nice and uh, fluffy. Yes. Like waxy potatoes are good for certain things, but a, a, a good roasty they do not make. No. Um, you need that sort of fluffy in, internal texture to get in order one... To get- yeah, to, to get that f- like a fluffy texture inside, but also to get crispy on the outside. Yeah, exactly. And you want them to be even sized as well. Otherwise, some won't be as crispy as others. And you yeah. want a whole rounded bucket of amazing potatoes. Exactly. Um, and obviously, um, one key part of uh, making your roasties is parboiling them. Mm-hmm. So um, you need to make sure, probably for about... 10 minutes or so, would you say, Adam? I, w- I would... I mean, it d- obviously depends on how big, but I think eight is, is what oh, I, I do mind. precise. Yeah, I mean, I, ha- I have a s- precise... Time it. I have a precise... No, I would you always... Do. I would always time it. People always think I'm mad, but I think it's working in restaurants when you have... Yeah. You know, when you used to be a chef, you have a few things on the go, so you, I, ha- I have to put a timer on. Yeah. Even if I'm just doing one thing, and it's not like... <laughs> and I'm stood next to it, I still put a timer on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because yeah, you you want the inside to be sort of you want the outside to be sort of cooked and softening, but not falling apart. No. Otherwise, uh, you'll have mush. You um, have yeah, along with lots of crispy bits, which is nice. But yeah, it's just a pile of mush. Yes. Um, and then what fat you use with your potatoes, Adam? What would you say? Lots of people use just can, can use like sunflower oil or vegetable oil, but if you <sighs> want real, I mean, the 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 crispest potatoes. Are made from like neutral veg oil or sunflower oil. <coughs> it seems to me that they just they just get really super crispy yeah. in, in that, but it's flavourless. So you really only get you get like a sort of that sort of fried crispy flavour. But if you use goose or duck fat, you really um, will take your spuds to the next level yeah. for me. And you want like a high um, of these fats to have high smoking point, don't yes, you? Yes, yeah. So I wouldn't like. I think we suggest in the guide to like add a bit of butter, but just to the end because yes. that'll help them get crisp and it'll give it like a another colour. Yeah, colour and like color. a nice bit of richness at the end. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You can also add really nice flavourings to your potatoes if you just didn't want standard which are amazing roast potatoes you can add some nice woody herbs in there like rosemary and thyme mm-hmm. just have a bit of punchy flavor in there yeah and you can and the thing with that is you can just literally chuck them in for the last once they're starting and they're nearly there you can chuck those flavorings in at the end exactly and they'll just sort of flavor them up but you know won't burn and won't get you can um, even add a bit of um bit maverick but a bit of grated parmesan on there from actually yeah crispy nut- yeah 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 
umami. Mm. Yeah, whatever that. Yeah. That uh, flavor is just <laughs> but yeah, salty goodness. Make sure you take a look at that. We've got tons of recipes, if, if, even if you want to go for... But would you, you'd also, can I just say, we'd also yeah. like rough up the potatoes once they're oh, parboiled completely. So important. Come on, Mandy, you're slipping <laughs> Sorry. Um, we parsh, yeah, on the parboil bit. Yeah, yeah. You you've got to have up. those rough edges because that's what gets the real crisp, crisp yeah. edges. After the parboiling and then you want to make sure that when the oil's gone in the oven, it's very hot. Yes, and making sure you cover the whole potato. Yes, Not that is key. Yeah, get them all coated swilling. nicely. Yeah. yeah. Mash them back in, yeah. So Adam has also got a really nice timeline online. Like, So we've had a really nice conversation about potatoes. What about the actual main centrepiece? Yeah, so for, for the Christmas issue, I wrote like a timeline um, for doing your turkey, like your Christmas dinner. And a, ro- a turkey dinner on Christmas is effectively, yeah. well, it is a roast dinner. It so is. you can then... Um, morph it into any roast that you're doing so like a good roast for me is all about planning and looking at how long things take and working backwards so you basically you should start from when do you want to serve dinner yeah or lunch or tea depending on where you're from in the world um (laughs) tea not sure about that no tea for me no no it's tea for me Um. Um, (laughs) or dinner we've gone off topic yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah if you say you want to eat at two o'clock but you're and you want to basically just work backwards from that time yeah so you want to and you want to rest your piece of meat be it chicken whatever pork That's lamb very important, isn't it? I think it is very important forget to do that don't save enough time yeah so then you go back to half an hour yeah or whatever it is the and then you calculate the cooking time and then you go back and then you know and basically if you start from the thing that takes the longest mm. you know that that's when you need to start cooking and then you can work out everything else based on th- that timing yeah um which will hopefully mean that you finish um actually you know it's not like a case of those like classic things of you say so everyone come for like you know dinner at two o'clock so you, you have yeah, breakfast I'm you don't have lunch and then you end up eating dinner at five o'clock yeah, exactly. and you're like, chewing your hands off it's definitely important to be organized like i think i personally haven't really ever done the work backwards thing i've always done oh one hour two hour three hour and then i'm culprit of being oh we're eating at two we're eating at five yeah, but really yeah. if you want a successful easter sunday lunch yeah work backwards work yeah. backwards and it, it just like because it's, it is like spinning plates doing roast. It is good to just be as organised as possible, really. Yeah, because... you've got lots of people coming over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also part of um, your Sunday roast is really nice sides too, isn't it? We've got lots of nice re- uh, recipes online of like um, yeah, I think roots and... and particularly in my family. Well, particularly if you're catering for the more elderly. Elderly is maybe the wrong wrong term for my family <laughs> older people in your family <laughs> the oldies they like they don't like the main things messed around with but you can do yeah. some like interesting sides yeah, yeah you can do like your sort of wacky yeah with yeah the bits and bobs in yeah there. you can do your wacky bits on the yeah. side but they like the main bit as it is yeah i'm different i like it all that's why i wrote a recipe for cuban pork yeah. with Go rice and, with rice and beans yeah that's me you know <laughs> um and also although lots of people in their tradition might not have um Yorkshire puddings with anything but beef. Mm. I, I mean, what, what's your stance on that? I mean, I've always had Yorkies with everything at Christmas. And yeah. I remember I didn't... See, having That's Yorkshire mad, puddings on Christmas Day is absolutely mental for me. But why wouldn't you? 
pure. I yeah, mean, I mean, quite, I mean, quite right. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because a Yorkshire pudding makes every meal better. Yeah. And uh, so, why not make mine? Why not make Adam? Because I wrote um, for my uh, like notebook, uh, no, my, my technique yeah. notebook uh, page in the magazine. I went and looked at Yorkies in detail. Yeah. Um, a bit, a little bit like myth busting, really, because um, you know, there's there's loads about making your batter the day before so i, I letting did some rest. letting it rest yeah and, but i mean from what i found um resting it doesn't really matter it's not going to make it any better or worse it's a bit irrelevant it's, it's, it's not it's slightly really necessary it, because if i mean you do need to rest it but even for just 20 minutes half an hour it's that will plenty yeah because that just uh if you've ever made bread you see you know you leave dirt like the bread the flour and water together it sort mm. of just sorts itself out over a little like 20 20 minute like period yeah it's things. like you know when it starts all like sort of like a shaggy dough where it's a yeah. bit like rough and then it will just become smooth through a little bit of kneading or like you know when you whisk it all together yeah, yeah, for yeah. Yorkshire's um so uh, that did like myth busted that yeah and would you say there's like a few key things like putting the oil in before making it a certain temperature yeah I mean oil? like getting I found that getting your oil too hot meant okay. that you get like really irregular shapes oh. whereas I like a full gravy turret for my <laughs> roast so I like okay. it to be like high-sided you know like a like a cup almost yeah, yeah, that I yeah. could like, a bit like Willy Wonka like drinking out of that little cup that he eats <laughs> in um of oil Ooh, yeah yeah of oil. no you put gravy we don't in recommend it. you put, doing that <laughs> you put gravy um but like I think the main thing from that is, is I put vodka in mine which oh, some yes. people would see uh, that as a waste but I, I basically took that from um, in Japan when you make tempura batter they mm-hmm. put uh, alcohol often in the tempura because it helps to stop the formation of gluten um, wow. so that they are not tough they make, basically keeps them like really light uh, and airy like tempura batter and that's batter. what you want isn't it and that's what you want crisp, yeah airy your kitty yeah Interesting little fact yeah, that I didn't so know that. that was, I've never uh, used any sort of booze in my Yorkies. I'm not sure. Well, some people, many people have. Some people but... might see that as a waste, but I think it makes really good uh, Yorkshire pudding. And yeah. if you don't have vodka in the house, it means that you can go out and buy a bottle and have a good reason to. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I think that's, well, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think so. If you're looking for any other sort of uh, roast recipe ideas, we've got tons of delicious recipes online. Yeah, from, online we've got yeah, loads beef, and loads. Pork, chicken lots of things with yeah. great sides yeah T- and plenty of info on how to do it well as well yeah so, um, exactly you can, so you c- it's foolproof yeah uh, wow <laughs> if you if you if your roast goes wrong right into amanda james no, magazine. don't blame yeah, me please <laughs> well i hope you have a lovely sunday thanks guys Bye. that was the old magazine podcast if you like this episode or you have any suggestions please head over to itunes and leave a review we'd love to hear from you For more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our brand new Easter issue from Newsagents Now or go and download the app version. Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.